Hallelujah. Hope everybody got plenty to eat this week. Um, you know, I, as I said before, America is a place of abundance. The borders are being flooded because people want to have a part of what God has so graced us with. We need to thank God for all that he's done. We need to thank God and we need to pray that, Lord, that you would preserve the liberty, that you would preserve, Lord God, the greatness of this nation. Lord, forgive us our sins, Lord God, and that we would return from them and we'd humble ourselves before you. In Jesus' name. In Psalms 100, and I'm going to read the whole chapter, all five verses. It's uh, one of the shortest psalms, shortest books in the Bible, or should I say shortest um, chapters. And it says this, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. You know, that reminds me a little bit of Jericho, when they were told every day to march around the city, of Jericho at walled fortress but on the last day they were to shout and make a noise unto the Lord and their enemy them walls came tumbling down he goes on to say serve the Lord with gladness come before his presence with singing know ye that the Lord he is God it is he that hath made us has made us and not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him <laughs> be thankful unto him and bless his name for the lord is good and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. I want to say that the Lord is good. You know, I think of the parable in the Bible where the talent was given to each one, and one one and gained five, one ten, one five. And I think of the man that was accusatory. He said, I knew that you were a hard master. How many know God is good? You know, some people see God in a different light. But I want you to know the psalmist here is making it very clear. The Lord is good. And his goodness fills the earth. The Bible said he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. He causes the, 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 the gardens to be reaped by the just and the unjust. Because he's a merciful and a wonderful Lord. He is good. There is no flaws in him. There is nothing in him that is evil, for he himself can't even, can't even fathom evil because he is good. Amen? I want you to know that evil comes from the enemy, and the enemy is the devil, and sin comes also from, from Satan. And, uh, but I want you to know that God is good continually, and he's good always. Isn't that wonderful? But I wanted to say this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name 
I think of the word gates there. The gates talk about the door. How many know that Jesus said, I am the door? He said, I am the only way. I am the door. So we enter the gate means we enter into covenant with Jesus. I want you to know that when you come into this house, you come in only by Jesus Christ and by him alone. But I look at the, another word here, and, and it speaks, uh, when we th- speak of the door, the word court is kater, and kater in the, in the uh, Hebrew is a masculine um, and a feminine from uh, 2690. In its original sense is the word yard, but think about this now, as enclosed by a fence. Also, it's a helmet. As similarly, uh, as similarly sounded, uh, surrounded with walls, a court, a tower, a vigil, uh, a village, and you know when I think about the courts, the towers, and and uh, the village, the, you know when we look at the word helmet, he said the helmet of salvation. You see, because they they lock your mind in and they keep the world out. You see, that helmet is very important in a time of battle, that when the, when the sword is used, that when it strikes the helmet, it deflects and does not uh, uh, injure uh, the, uh, the, your head. But I want to go here in Judges 9, 51. It said, but there, uh, but there was a strong tower within the city, and thither uh, thither fled all the men and the women and all they of the city to shut them in and get them up to the strong or the top of the tower. I'm going to tell you what, God is a strong tower today. In Psalm 61 and 3, it says, For thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. You see, that's what God wants us to dwell within his courts with thanksgiving and praise. When somebody comes in with negativity, what we find is that they have not been in the presence of the Lord. But I'm going to tell you what, when you're in the presence of the Lord, you can only have praise. You can only glorify uh, the Lord. In Psalms 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. Isn't that wonderful? Do you know that you're safe if you walk, run into the Lord? If you, if you stand in his provisions today? The Bible said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But lo, I'll be with you even unto the end. What do you fret for? Why do you worry about tomorrow? Why do you worry about things you cannot control? Don't you know that I'm the God of tomorrow? Don't you know that I'm the God of eternity? Don't you know that I am the Alpha and the Omega? That I am the beginning and the end? Don't you know that I have total supremacy? And I am that I am, says the Lord. We need to realize who it is that we serve. In Micah, uh, in in, uh, Micah 4, and eight it says, And thou, O tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion, the kingdom shall come to the daughter 
of Jerusalem. See, here Micah is talking about the strong tower that will come. You know who that tower is. It is he's prophesying about Jesus. And I want you to know that Jesus is faithful uh, today. But we have to realize this is that when we look at praise, when we look at thankfulness, the Bible said without thankfulness will always lead to separation from God. A thankless heart will always lead to separation from God. Because you know what will happen? You, your, your, your praise will turn to gripe. It, 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 becomes, it becomes enraged and bitter. I said, I said a happy Thanksgiving to somebody uh, this, this uh, Thursday morning. And they just, re- they just uh, sent back to me, well, you know, I'm just kind of mad right now because I'm sick and, and because, uh, um, you know, God's not healing me and, and, and all of these things. You see, that's the accusation. again. I'm going to tell you what, if I'm sick, I praise him. Sick, I praise him. Whatever I am, wherever I am, be instant in season and out of season. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, however sick you are, there's always somebody that may be sicker than you are. The best thing to do is to focus on others when you, uh, instead of yourself. You see, we think of the, uh, the, uh, the parable of the man who looked into the water. And he saw his own reflection, and he loved it so much that he looked deep, uh, closer and closer until he fell in a drowned in his own reflection. You see, that's what life can do to you. Life can. I've known people who had given themselves to, to misery. Everything was bad. Everything, you know, and they, everybody was against them. You know, and all that. I'm going to tell you, that's a demon spirit. You need to address that spirit. You need to bind that spirit in Jesus' name and take precedence over it. You, you, if you hear what I'm saying. Because life is a gift. Life is a joy. There's nothing greater than life. And Jesus said, I've given you that life. And not only have I given you life, I've given it more abundantly. I've given you this life. And that we should be the happiest people that know Jesus Christ. But without thankfulness will always lead to separation. Romans 1, 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but become vain in their own imaginations. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Their foolish hearts were darkened. You see, Lord God, let that never happen to me. Let me always thank you. Let me thank you for what I have. It's so easy to look at the negative. It's so easy to look at, you know, what you don't have. But you know something? We are a blessed people. As I said before, in America, the poorest person lives as a rich person in comparison to the rest of the world. We need to thank God. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you do. But you know, if I was in the poorest nation, I would still say there's things to thank him for, to focus on those things in the name of Jesus. Thankfulness is a command. It's not an option. Thankfulness is a command. It's not an option. 
in Colossians 3.15, it said, And let the peace of God rule your heart, to which also ye are called in one body, be ye thankful. So let, let's look at the beginning of that verse in, in Colossians 3.15. It said, Let the peace of God rule your heart. Now what is the word rule there? It means to control. It means to take precedence over everything else is the peace of God. You see, if you lose the peace of God, what did Jesus say? He said, the peace that I give you, I give not as the world gives, do I give it unto you? What is he saying? My peace is not peace that the world speaks of. My peace is greater than all of that. My peace is, is, is to be totally settled in your heart of what all the Lord had done and receive him with gladness and all that he has. So many people, they fret about their, their, their position in Christ. I want you to know something. Jesus loves you and he's with you. We need to be thankful for that. Thank you, Jesus, that you never leave me nor forsake me. It is important for non-believers to hear us uh, giving thanks to the Lord. I'm going to tell you, the world watches uh, the, the church. Are we thanking the Lord before the people? Are we saying that we are blessed? I am blessed. Yes, I am blessed. <laughs> when I wake up in the morning, I am blessed. <laughs> when I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. In Second uh, Samuel 22 and 50, it said, Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. You, you see, we, we, need to, we need to let the heathen know that we are, are a blessed people. Thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, for, you, for your goodness and your mercy. And um, thank you, Lord. In First Chronicles sixteen eight, it says, "Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God hath done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God." hath done God is good all the time count your blessings and name them one by one you see when the world sees that you're thankful they'll say well I want some of that you know what are, what are we showing the world see we are the only Bible some will ever preach and we need to give him the glory and we need to be thankful I think of uh, um, I think of Christmas and and especially with little children, you know, they get frustrated at Christmas and and they begin to tear things up and put things aside and they get overwhelmed, uh, you know, with with things. We have to be careful and not to overwhelm them. But I want you to know something. God says, "I am the gift. I have been given for you," and we should be so thankful for that in Jesus' name. So we need to look at Psalms 106 and 1. Psalms 106 and 1, it says, Praise ye the Lord, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Isn't that wonderful? 
and his mercy endures forever. See, what the psalmist is saying here is he's saying God is good. You see, we need to have a right attitude of who he is. We need to know that that he is a great God. I think of, of Paul, even in the midst of some of his greatest suffering, he was able to praise the Lord. Paul and Silas, they were beaten. You know, we could all complain about, you know, I've, I had this happen or that happen. I mean, they were beaten to the place of almost death, thrown into a nasty prison. But what did they do? The Bible said they begun to sing and they begun to praise. And when they, we began to do that, the doors, the earth began to shake and the doors were opened wide. You see something? Maybe you feel in prison today. Maybe you're going through some things. I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, these times can also be a time of sorrow. Uh, they can be, you know, if I've lost a loved one or if I uh, have a broken relationship or, or, or go through whatever it is. These, these times can magnify those things. But I'm going to tell you what, if you begin to praise God, if you begin to shout and sing, I know that the same earthquake that Paul had endured will happen in your life, and that door will be swung open. We don't need to be imprisoned with, with thoughts that are negative. We don't need to be imprisoned with those things. We need to say, Lord Jesus, I've made up my mind. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to speak those things that are positive. I'm going to look and count my blessings today. I'm going to sacrifice, uh, give you sacrifice and praise. I'm going to worship you in Jesus' name. Give thanks, O Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. But I want to talk about mercy just a little bit uh, this morning. The primitive root um, word is to bow the neck only in courtesy to an equal. Only in Think about that. Only in courtesy to an equal. Jesus bowed his neck in crucifixion to call us equal heirs, joint heirs with him. How humbling that thought should be to us. See, that's what mercy is. Mercy is to bow the neck to an equal. And Jesus said that we might be one. When he prayed to the Father in John 17, he said, Lord, that they be one even as we are one. That's the mercy of God. That he literally bowed himself in, in his bowing through crucifixion, he said, I've called you an e- equal. He said, what I've called clean, call not thou unclean. For you're clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing that is. Do we not have a lot to be thankful for today? We, we need to be thankful. Another thing I want to say this morning is refuse to be silenced by the devil or our circumstance. Refuse to be silenced by the devil or our circumstance. I think of a man who was a real prayer warrior. Many people were healed under his ministry. 
And then all of a sudden, he, he suffered a heart attack that should have killed him. And he's laying in the hospital, and all and the scoffers, uh, a scoffer came into his bedroom and said, ha, now what are you going to preach? He says, I'm going to preach the same thing I've always preached. See, my circumstance doesn't change the truth. Can I say that again? My circumstance does not change the truth. I've seen that over and over and over again. I've watched God move so mightily and know this one thing. And it's in spite of what I may be going through or what I might be hurting with because his truth is the truth in spite of our circumstance. So many people, they cower to their circumstance. Maybe they're, they're, they're cash poor for a while, and so they give in to the thought of poverty. They begin to, to uh, be educated by the poor, who will tell you how to get this and how to get that and get the other one. You can go to your Father in heaven, who will give you an abundance according to his riches and glory. We go to, we go to other people. We go to other things. And the Bible said... To be careful that we don't receive our knowledge from those who are lost. What is God saying to us? Come unto me, all you that all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Is not the promise of the Lord? In Revelations 12, 11, it says, But they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. I heard a preacher this morning say this. He said, God didn't say, pick up your rose and follow me. He said, pick up your cross. You know what the cross represents? Self-sacrifice. We do that with our children. And then when they grow and they forget about all the good things we've done, why would we grumble about that? Thank you, Lord. I've done that for you. See, that's what the life of self-sacrifice is. Everything I do, I do unto the Lord. Everything I give, I give unto the Lord. Every prayer that I pray is unto the Lord. Everything is unto him. See, you can do nothing in vain when it's done unto the Lord. He said, even every word that we would speak, he said, would not come, if it's his word, would not come back unto him void. Isn't that powerful to know that whatever it is, God is in control. I'm sure the disciples at times kind of wondered about Jesus in some of the predicaments that he got himself in. To think, wow, uh, why is he in that predicament? I'm going to tell you this. No, he was always in control. Always. Are you feeling the control of the Lord in your life? Are you saying, well, my life is chaos? I look at everything, you know, and I've got these, this regret and that regret. I want you to know that every part of you is made up to bring you where you are. Through our brokenness, he can be seen. Because many times when we're broken in areas of our life, and yet we begin to praise the Lord, people can see the praise through the cracks of our brokenness. 
The Bible said we're a peculiar people. You know what the word peculiar means? It means strange. You're right. And the world would see us as strange. Do you think they didn't look at the Israelites as they were marching around that city, uh, Jericho, and saying, these people are strange? Because I'm going to tell you what. The preaching of the cross to those who perish is what? Foolishness. Strange. But I am determined. I will serve the Lord. In Psalms 30 and verse 12, it said, To the end that they may glory, may sing praises to thee, and not be silent. O Lord my God, I give thanks unto thee forever. That they be not silent. Amen. You see, we've got to give, we got to, we got to give praise to the Lord. I think of my grandmother on Saturday mornings, especially. She'd open her windows and turn. She had a big old record player, and she'd play the Gaithers and all kinds of music, and and the whole neighborhood could hear it. And I would be so embarrassed, you know, because oh my goodness, my cousins could hear it, and everybody I was hanging with. But, you know, she wanted to let people know. And here she had one son in a mental institution, one son who just died, the only two children she had. But you know something? She still thrust her window open and praised the Lord. It's easy to lick our wounds. It's easy to become a victim. But I refuse to be a victim. We could all look at things and say, well, that didn't work out quite the way I thought of this or the other. I'm going to tell you this right now. Thank you for life, Lord. Thank you that I was able to get up this morning and come into your presence. Thank you, Lord. It's a gift. First Thessalonians 5.18, he said, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. Wow, that's more personal than saying concerning the church. He's saying concerning you. Quite personal, isn't it? So let me read that again. In everything give thanks. Well, I was at the ER yesterday and this, give thanks. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, that you're the one who sees me through it all. Through it all, I trust in Jesus. And lastly, I want to say this. We need to see and believe in the end result of a conquering king, Jesus our Lord. We're seeing some pretty strange things. I just saw a thing in the internet last night. I said, Israel is doomed. That's how the world might look at it. But how many know, we know what the book says. Do you know that God is in total control of our, even our 2024? Like he's in control of everything. Does it mean we shouldn't do our part? Of course we should. Because he's delegated that to us. But what the Lord wants you to know is totally and completely, I am in control. I think of Herod. 
Herod is the one who took the life of John the Baptist and he thought so much of himself that he went into the arena wearing this shiny garment that was made for him and everybody looked upon him and thought he was a god and began to worship him and he took in the worship and within days he died a horrible death. He was eaten alive by worms because God will share his glory with nobody. Don't you understand that God is in control? Why do we hate people when, when we know that God is in total control? Feel sorry for them. Those that mock the Lord feel sorry for them because my God reigns. My God reigns. Does your God reign today? Is he not on the throne today? Is this not the day the Lord has made? Should we not be, be, be glorifying him? And I want to use this last verse. In Revelations 11 and 17. Verse 17. Revelation 11, verse 17. Saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and has reigned he's reigning today people when Stephen was being stoned the Bible said they looked upon him and saw the face of an angel and just before he gave up the ghost he looked up and said I see Jesus Standing on, uh, standing on the right hand of power. How do we see Jesus today? Are you trying to see him through an ailment or through a, uh, or through a, um, a loss? Or are you trying to see him for who he is? You see, we, we've got to see Jesus for who he is. We've got to know him. We've got to know that he's good. We've got to know that his intent for us is only good. We've got to know that he doesn't leave us nor forsake us. We've got to know that he's not with human love. He's with agape love. And agape love is undeserved. We don't deserve it. That's what mercy's all about. Jesus literally bowed his neck. He became the mercy to make us one with him. Will we receive it today? Will we stand up and be counted with the Lord? Or are you happier in your misery? Oh, some people seem to find some sort of pleasure in misery. And I'm going to tell you, that's your choice. I believe that all insanity begins with an evil thought. I'm going to say it one more time. I believe that all insanity begins with an evil thought. And when we give in to the evil thought, guess what he does? He magnifies. It's like any sin. Now the devil says, well, if you give in to this sin, it, it will cause it to dissipate, the urge to dissipate. And, and what one does is, well, okay, and it seems like it works, but then it comes back even stronger. That's what addictions are. Of course, today we've, we've changed sin to other pretty words, and, and we've given, called them illnesses, and we've called them a lot of things, but they're still sin. 
And the Bible said the wages of sin is death. And the sin will take you further than you want to go. Mental illness is stemmed from sin. Oh, I know people are going to look at me and be angry. Well, how dare you? I'm going to tell you this right now. You choose to think negatively, and that is why you're sick. And you think it's hard to choose negativity? No, it isn't. We've all been there. We all battle things like that. My son left the other night, and, and, and he didn't answer his phone. And I called his wife, and she didn't answer her phone. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? How did I, and the devil's telling you, oh, yeah, oh, this is, I'm in on this one. And the devil's trying to work you up and say, well, I don't care. If I did all that work. If he didn't appreciate it, you see what the devil does. And if you'll work it up, he'll keep right on going. Then about an hour later, my son calls. Hey, sorry, Dad, I, I didn't get you. We, oh, both of our phones died on the way up. Do you see what I'm saying? We're all susceptible to it. I think of Eve and her eating of that forbidden fruit. I'm not sure that it happened in one event. We don't know, but, but, but I'm kind of wondering if he wasn't antagonizing her all the time for a while. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm not going to take it. And you know what I mean? Ooh, it's good to eat. Look at the wind. And look at what, you, you know what I'm saying? And eventually over time. Why? Because we give our minds to that negative thought. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares. I think of the movie, The Wonderful Life. Really, that's what it's all about. He, he was looking at himself and said, you know, we lost the money for the bank. I'm no good. I'm useless. Uh, you know, and all this stuff. And went to jump off the bridge because the devil had plagued his mind to a place. And he bought into it. And he was ready to end his life when the angel came to him. And he showed him the wonderful life that would have happened if he had not jumped from that bridge. And so often we have to remember that God loves us and that when you allow negativity to take you, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. It's one thought, and then another thought, and then another thought, and then another thought, until you become so absorbed in your feelings. A man recently that I was speaking with, he wanted to kill himself. So his best friend told him, if you kill yourself, you're going to go to hell. You can't destroy what God's made. You can't take control of what God has created and expect not to be judged for it. Don't you know your life is not your own? It's bought with a price. And you know, he got so angry at his friend. And this is a lifelong friend. You know what he said to that friend? He said, I disown you. I want nothing to do with you. I hate you with a lot of swear words. I was trying to, that friend had called me to try to help him. And, and, and I want you to know something. He was so bent on he's going to kill himself. 
and he's going to go to heaven, uh, that he told me not to contact him. If I have any thought like that, how dare you and all that? You see what I'm saying? But that friend loved him and wanted to teach him to tell him the truth. But yet he rejected it. Not everybody's going to receive it. But what you need to understand is what brought this man to this place was his rage. And it came one thought at a time until it led him into a place that he was totally encaptured by the negative. And that's a choice each one of us have. Choose you this day whom you will serve. It's your choice. And if you will give your heart to Jesus, if you'll cast out that negativity, if you will begin to call uh, the devil a liar, if you begin to fill yourself with this word of God and know that God is good and to know that he loves you and to know that he's for you and to know that he'll never leave you nor forsake you and that you have a place in heaven with him. He said, I go to build a mansion on the side of my father's house. And he said, and I will come and I will receive you unto myself. And there we shall be forever. We sing this song. This is the day the Lord hath made. Will we rejoice? It's your choice. God's given you a choice. He won't take your choice away from you. And you say, well, that seems too simple. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now. The gospel is simple if you'll open your heart to it. It's simple and is there before you. Because I'll tell you this right now. God has given you a life. If you want it. If you receive it. The Bible said through Adam all have sinned. But through Christ all can have life. Let me tell you this right now. Why? You say, well, if that's true, why does not everybody have life? Because they reject the Christ. They reject the message. They reject the good news because that's what gospel means. And I pray to you today, as you go back and look at Psalms 100, and you see here that when this, this was made, he said, Make a noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Would you all stand with me here today? Thank you, Lord. But you know that this is the day the Lord has made. We've just gone through a season of Thanksgiving. We already know that the origin of Thanksgiving came after a very brutal winter. Many of them died. But with the Indians' help, they learned to plant. And by the end of the planting season, they had plenty to eat. And they sat together and they gave thanks. They gave thanks for what was before them. They gave thanks for the provisions that were given. Surely they'd been through hardship. Surely they'd lost loved ones. Surely they went through difficult times. But they gave thanks in the midst of all of that. Let's bow our head if we would in prayer today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've given us such liberty. 
the liberty to choose. What a wonderful honor that is. Lord, we know those in bondage have, 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 are in bondage, Lord, to their own thoughts and minds. And, and Lord, I just pray that they'd be freed. I pray that everyone out there today, rather than be offended by what I say, to say, Lord, I'm going to receive this word. I know that you've allowed me, you've said to me, let this mind be in you as was also in Christ Jesus. That's an invitation. We can let discard that old dirty mind that, it, that has empowered us for too long. And we can embrace the very work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for that word. We thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and your mercy that endures forever. We thank you, Lord, that you bowed your neck, that you were crucified on the cross, that through your crucifixion you humbled yourself and called us one with you. What a privilege that is. Oh, how much we have thank, we have to be thankful for. And I ask, Lord God, that everyone out there that hears this message would feel the very joy of the Lord, for that is the strength, the peace of God that passeth understanding. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you all.